Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are not far from the end of the quarter. Three excruciatingly long days away. We're there, right there at the edge. But if you're like me, you've never been more confused than any other time in the quarter. All the things you have to do, all the papers yet to be written, all the finals to take, some taking qualifiers, all these things just keep seem like they pile up and add on t- to the confusion that you have from those studies because you have all these classes and you're trying to remember what's important for each class. And by the time you get done studying... If you're like me again, you don't know which way is up. And not to add confusion onto our already confused minds, that's exactly what we find in our text. There's a great deal of confusion as Jesus is teaching in the temple on this Tuesday. But it wasn't just any Tuesday. It was the Tuesday, which was three days before he would be nailed to the cross. A lot of confusion going on with the crowd. Okay, we had this great triumphal entry. Now he's teaching. Okay, now what what exactly is going on? And the confusion wasn't helped much by by the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who were continuing to add to the confusion. Because Jesus' conversation with the scribe, which we heard just read a minute ago, was actually the fourth conversation that Jesus had had this morning. This is the fourth conversation, and Mark goes through them in rapid-fire succession. The Sanhedrin comes and demands that Jesus declare where His authority comes from, because He seeks, He references no other rabbi other than Himself. The Herodians come to Him, and see if he's loyal to Caesar and loyal to Rome. And ask if, they should, if we should pay taxes. The Sadducees come then and ask him a question about the resurrection of the dead. But the scribe is different. The other three questions were all filled with malice and envy and anger. They all wanted to discredit Jesus, to try to prove him to be a fraud. But the scribe truly wanted a bit of clarity in his confusion. He wanted a brief glimpse of what exactly was important. So he asked the question, which of the commandments is the greatest? And he has good reason to ask this. As one of the scribes, he knows that through the centuries before that the Jewish scribes had come up with 603 laws to help supplement the Ten Commandments. Some groups chose the Sabbath laws as the most important. Some chose the sacrifices. Some chose the food laws. The scribe wanted a simple answer to the question, which one is truly the most important? So he asked the question, and Jesus gives an answer which is truly front-loaded with a gospel proclamation. 
He says, the greatest commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. The Lord, Yahweh, the creator of all the universe, is your God and cares about you. As we, re- as we learned in catechism class for the first article, I believe that God has made me and all creatures. He's given me my body and mind, my ears, eyes, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. Jesus gives the scribe first the knowledge that the God who created him was still active in his life. And that was the most important thing. And from there, streams to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. The light bulb clicked with the scribe. Ah, okay. Here's some clarity now. I get it. I understand what you're saying. And then Jesus replies, that's good. You are not far from the kingdom of God. As he said, the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The scribe had the mind down. He understood the law. He understood what God wanted. He was a quarter of the way there. But Jesus didn't want to leave it at that. Jesus didn't want to leave him just not far from the kingdom. And he wants us to not be far from the kingdom. So Jesus does what he does best. He brought the kingdom of God to the scribe. When he said, you are not far from the kingdom of God, he not only meant, okay, you have part of the law taken care of. You, have, you understand as best you can the law of God. That's good. But he's also saying, truly, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is standing in front of you. He's the one who is speaking to you. Ask, answering the question that is plaguing your mind. Jesus brought the kingdom of God also by asking a question of his own. We love this when we read through the Gospels. Somebody asks Jesus a question and he turns around and asks them one as well. And this one he asks with a bit of ironistic twist. He said, how do the scribes say that the Christ will be David's son? When David calls him his Lord, how can he be both son and Lord? You see, the scribe's problem was that they only taught the sonship of Christ. They only taught that the Christ would be a son of the great King David. They didn't bother to delve into him also being the son of God. The kingdom of God was truly standing there as the entirety of the Godhead dwelled within the man Jesus. As he sat there teaching in the temple three days before he would lay down his life for the sins of the world. 
Three days before he would die. And then on the third day be raised again from the dead. But it was that three days later, as he's hanging there on the cross, amidst all the confusion and all the pain, that we have the story of the thief on the cross. The one who said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus brought the kingdom of God to him as well and said, today you will be with me in paradise. We are truly not far from the end of the quarter. And it is a great time of confusion and rushing around and trying to get all the last minute tweakings of our classwork done. But Jesus, through our text this morning, wants to remind you that you are not far from the kingdom of God. In fact, you are quite close. As we just sang this morning, that through Him, we have been united together as the body of Christ. He says in baptism, I have brought you into the kingdom of God. I have made you a child of my heavenly Father so that you will have the blessings of everlasting life throughout all eternity in heaven. May we, in the midst of all of our confusion, hold on to this promise of our Lord and Savior throughout all our days. Amen.